When you are struggling with retroactive jealousy, is it a good idea to voluntarily expose yourself to retroactive jealousy triggers? Some people say yes, some people say no, and in today's video I'm going to tell you my opinion, I'm going to provide some facts, provide some evidence to back it up, and hopefully you'll find this helpful if you're struggling with retroactive jealousy. My name is Zachary Stockhill, and since 2013 I've been working with men and women from all over the world, helping them overcome retroactive jealousy and save their relationships. If you'd like more information about my work or you'd like to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, please visit my website at retroactivejealousy.com. First off, a quick definition for the people who are new here. The term retroactive jealousy refers to unwanted intrusive thoughts, often painful curiosity, and very vivid and painful mental movies about your partner's past relationships and or sexual history. And when I talk about triggers as it applies to retroactive jealousy, I'm talking about situations, things, people, places that conjure up those intrusive thoughts that seem to inspire the typical symptoms that we associate with retroactive jealousy. For example, this could be a bar that your boyfriend and his ex used to go and, and have drinks in. This could be a sweater that you know your, your partner's ex-wife gave to your partner. It can be any number of things that for you, when you encounter them, tend to inspire the intrusive thoughts, tend to provoke that kind of anxiety that we associate with retroactive jealousy. In a lot of my work, I talk about limiting your exposure to retroactive jealousy triggers. In other words, maybe it's a good idea for a little while to avoid that bar. You know, maybe it's a good idea to stay, spend less time on your, your boyfriend's Facebook page or something like that. But note that I say limit your exposure and I don't say avoid. Because if we intentionally avoid something and we're totally fretting about ever encountering it and we make it a big deal, it often makes it much more powerful. It often gives it a lot more power over us. In other words, if your girlfriend and her ex-boyfriend used to walk down a certain street and you avoid that street like the plague and you take all kinds of routes to go around it and you just do everything in your power to avoid it forever, I think you're making that street very powerful in your brain and you're actually increasing the power of that retroactive jealousy trigger. So again, there's a difference between limiting your exposure, if possible, and completely avoiding something, if that makes sense. And I also wanted to mention, you know, why I talk about limiting your exposure to retroactive jealousy triggers. Many people have retroactive jealousy triggers that involve specific details about their partner's past. So some retroactive jealousy sufferer has a lengthy conversation with their partner about their partner's past and that sends them down this rabbit hole and all of a sudden they've got these new retroactive jealousy triggers. When that same sufferer of retroactive jealousy learns about things like exposure therapy or something like that, or you've got to face your fears, or you've got to expose yourself to your fears, some people take that information to mean that that gives me permission to ask my partner 8,000 questions about their past because look at me, I'm you know, exposing myself to all these triggers. I don't think that's helpful. As I say endlessly on this channel and to coaching clients all the time, more information, asking your partner more questions, digging for more details on social media, getting more granular, insignificant details about your partner's past is not going to help you overcome retroactive jealousy. I've been doing this work now for over 10 years. I have corresponded with literally thousands of men and women from all over the world struggling with this issue. And there have been exactly zero retroactive jealousy sufferers who ever told me that more information is what helped them. So that's what I'm talking about when I talk about limiting your exposure to retroactive jealousy triggers. You probably don't need to have that conversation with your partner about their ex for the eight millionth time. You probably don't need to go digging into your partner's ex on Facebook and stalking them. 
limit your exposure to these triggers. That said, of course, there are many techniques that can help you deal with these triggers if and when you do encounter them. Maybe my wonderful YouTube editor can put a card over my head here with a video on retroactive jealousy triggers and how to deal with them. But my point in this video is don't mistake exposure therapy to mean that you should be voluntarily exposing yourself to all kinds of granular insignificant details about the events of your partner's past. It's not going to help you overcome retroactive jealousy. In fact, it will probably delay your progress. There are many ways to overcome triggers. There are many ways to kind of steel yourself against triggers and to transcend them, but don't make the mistake of voluntarily gathering endless information about your partner's past because it won't help. Thanks for listening to the Zachary Stockhill podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast app of choice. To learn more about my work on jealousy, relationships, and more, please check out my YouTube channel at Zachary Stockhill. For information about my online courses, books, and coaching service, please visit my website at retroactivejealousy.com.